another episode of the Greater Meaning Podcast. As always, I'm Andrew, alongside my co-host, Nathan. And? Nathan, you're <laughs> supposed to say hi. That's not how it works. You don't go up to a random gonna, person and just be like, hi, my name's And. I know, I, I was trying to, I was waiting for him to introduce Josh, like Nathan and Josh. But he just uh, stops at I'm Josh. here with my co-hosts Nathan and Josh. We're so happy to have you guys join us. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Our very awesome second episode um, of this amazing story through the story of the Bible. Uh, last week, we covered the story of creation, the first seven days, the first chapter in the book of Genesis. And this week, we want to continue on with the creation of the Garden of Eden, man's placement in that garden and the fall to temptation and sin in that garden. But before we get into the episode, I'd love to shout out a special listener. Josh, I believe we had an email question from one of our listeners. Yeah, Mr. Sammy Boy from North Carolina. He says... Samuel. Samuel. Uh, Samuel. Uh, I'm going to read, his, uh, I'm gonna read his, his email that he sent. He said, to my homies... God bless you guys for this podcast. I really enjoy Samuel listening a. to you guys talk about the creation and all God did in those seven days and more. God bless you. He's really making sure that God blesses us. <laughs> Something I thought during the podcast was about the rest, the, the day of rest. I think God did this, an example for us, as in for us to take a break from life and to honor him and all he's done for the week and more. I know we should do this daily, but I just thought of mine. God bless you guys. <laughs> do you think time was created on the first day? It might be a dumb question, but in my opinion, he did. But I wanted to hear your guys' reasoning, what you think. P.S. Will there be merch? Yeah, boy, Samuel. Samuel, there oh, will actually... be merch. There will be <laughs> merch. But I'm, not today, but just expect it. And That's I, from S. Adam, right? S. Adam? We're not supposed to give his last name. I don't know. No, but now, I, just, now, I was just really impressed with Josh's reading skills. I mean, he was really talking about how he wants to do more reading, and I just want to say, great job, buddy. Josh, yeah, you know you what? I read. think my reading is exceptional. <laughs> I wouldn't say perfect, but exceptional is the right word. What was his question? His question there, was whether or not uh, time was created on the first day. I'll tell you what. While Josh was reading, it felt like time was not <laughs> It was just standing still because it took so long for him oh. to read that. <laughs> I think he did exceptional, as mm-hmm. he said. Uh, yes. Good uh, job, Josh. Samuel, I think time was created on the first day. Then he's sun and first day. So like, let's recap. The Bible literally says. Day, day one starts with God floating over the darkness. His spirit of God floated over the waters. And he said, let there be light. And he saw that light was there. And he said, it was good. And then you have that day ending with so the evening and the morning were the first day. This gives a clear indication that, that Samuel doesn't read his Bible. No, that that it's easily overlooked, and that a lot of people. That's a great question because it's very specific. You don't think about these abstract ideas, like well, not really abstract, but these ideas like time and space and dimension. But yeah, seeing that he distinguishes evening and morning to give us a time frame, quote unquote, you could healthily assume that time was created when he said, let there be light. Now, we have to understand that God is outside of time. Being the creator of this clock, if you will, the beginning, the start point, being that he was already there, he's not subject to it like we are. 
we have a beginning, we have an end, if physically at least. He's not subject um, to it, but obviously him creating all this, he put himself into the subject of time. So he can take himself out and put himself in, but if he's creating everything, he's putting himself into that scenario, right? So kind of. If I he's say resting he on the seventh more, day. It was more of a creation for us, for humanity. Again, look at creation as a from the perspective of a human and how God relates to it. The way our brains work, because we have a beginning and end, in order for us to be able to conceptualize God, he gave us the story of creation. Like, okay, from the beginning that would be relevant to you, there was this. That's kind of how I see it. But yeah, for us, in our opinion, or from our point of view, time began with let there be light day one. Great question, Samuel. And I'll tell you, if I could save time in a bottle, the first (laughs) thing that I'd like to do is to save every day till eternity passes away just to spend them with you. No, oh, that was beautiful, Nathan. Really? Thank you for reading that lyric. That's from Time in a Bottle. It's just, uh, <laughs> I wanted to read that for Samuel. But thank you, Samuel, for your question. Yes, we do plan to have merch eventually, but we are still very much so in the beginnings. Um, as well as all the other listeners out there, if you have questions, if you have you know, things that you saw, perspectives, really interesting things to say, a shout out. You could always email us at greatermeaningpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and shout you guys out. Um, as we go through this next episode, if something pops up, feel free to do that. And thank you now. for all the God bless you guys. We could really use the God bless you every now and then and then and then and then and then. And always. And yeah. always. And God bless you guys, too, from us. We pray that God blesses you. A lot of blessings. That's the the end of the A lot of blessings. I feel blessed. All right, Andrew. Let's let's start the episode now. So continuing on, we're not going to spend too much time because we could talk a lot about the creation of man. Oh, my God. After the seven days, we could spend a lot about the creation of the garden. And we could spend a whole episode. But I want to get to the storytelling kind of the overview all the way to end with chapter three. So we ended off with Genesis chapter two, ending with verse three. Um, And what we'll find is as it continues, we actually have a recap of creation as we went over last week from starting with verse four, where it talks about the history of the heavens and the earth. And they were created in the day that the Lord had made the earth and the heavens. And, and one thing I want to highlight from this point is chapter two, verse, let's say starting with verse seven. After the mist went up from the earth, said the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living being. And then as it continues, then it says that the Lord planted a garden in the eastward of a place called Eden, and there he put man whom he had formed out of the ground. And he created many trees, and he planted many fruits and many things there that were pleasant to the sight it specifies that it was beautiful things it wasn't just all of creation it was a a specific place a specific creation where he placed man all trees that were good for sight and good for food and there was a tree that he planted in the middle uh called the tree of life and also the tree of knowledge of good and evil now one thing that's really interesting about this part is that you know it kind of recaps what we just read but then it kind of specifies more in depth. It doesn't just say that he created man and blessed him and told him to be fruitful, multiply, kind of from an outside view. It zooms in and shows you specifically how where he created everything else in the Bible, 
or in the story of creation, he spoke it, commanded it, and it was. This is a form, excuse me, this is the first time we see God forming. Literally, the word trans like means that he intimately created, you can almost see like with his hands from the dust of the earth and breathed life into his nostril. He got extremely intimate with this specific creation that he made in his image. And I think it's important to note the difference because in the last chapter we saw, Nathan pointed out as he read, that we were given a task. We were given dominion over everything that was created up until this point. And we're going to see as the story continues today why that is and what God had in mind to do with that. But I had a question for you guys. I don't know. I kind of skipped over it, but a mist up from the water, or it says in verse six, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground and said it had not caused the world to rain yet. What do you think that's all about? Man, that was the longest monologue. Josh, why don't you? Uh, I was waiting for somebody to start reading, but like, I man. think I was on a whole right, different Go ahead, Josh. What's the mist all about? What's the mist all about? I I need that rephrased. Oh, so it hasn't rained on Earth because mist would come up <laughs> on the ground. I mean, there wasn't rain on Earth. It wasn't raining yet. The clouds have not exploded into rain yet. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I don't know. Just... Um, well, a couple. In, uh, uh, so, uh, mist, mist. There was the earth. It was all water. God said, let land appear. Land appeared. Um, it hasn't, from the looks of it, it hasn't been enough time for precipitation to really take effect, right? Theoretically. I don't know. Precipitation, that whole process takes a little while. So if the mist is coming up from the earth, it seems like that's the start of precipitation because that's how it works. Like it comes up from the earth, goes up into the sky, goes into the clouds, and comes back down, right? It's a whole cycle. Cycle of life for rain. Some people think there's different thoughts out there. The reason I bring it up is because people think that it might have never rained up until the time of Noah and the great flood. Yeah, I think so too. But that it, That's how the world worked, that the mist and all the trees, everything that existed there, a mist would come up and water the existence. Yeah. And I asked that specifically because in the garden, in verse 10, it talks about how a river went out of Eden the, from the to garden. To water the garden. No. The yeah, river went water, out of me. Eden to water yeah. the garden. It went out but to then, water, uh, but if then it never again, rains, how does a river flow if it's not? We have to look at, we have to look at the area on earth of where it is. Let's just imagine exactly. it's in the Middle East somewhere. Now in in those areas it gets very hot during the day and very it's cold the at of night. The east. Yeah, man. It, like just think about a desert, all right? That's what I'm kind of thinking like a desert and then there's this beautiful oasis type of thing. Well, well whatever. Let's about, not even think about desert. Let's just think well, about if it. you think about the even it the gets cold east. at night. Yeah, you're right, especially today. But we have to think about it thousands of years ago, not how we see the Middle East today. Now, no, you're right, but I mean, a tree is going to be a tree, right? A, a thousand years ago, the tree was still a tree. I mean, Trees yeah. change. <laughs> you know what's funny? It kind of says Assyria and like other places. Like it kind of locates where. It yeah, was. I'm okay. So. What yeah. I want to say is that, but you have to understand that pre-flood world. Was Fourth very, River is the Euphrates. Yes, but again, <laughs> that's why I said the like Middle East. Spot on, where you know where it's at. Yeah, but the modern day Euphrates rivers is not the same river that came out of and split from the Garden of Eden. Prove it. Okay. Prove it. So lying there was a them. whole world that was completely changed after the flood, the flood that will come. 
that will take place later in the next few chapters. And it was a very popular thing back then to name new landmarks and rivers after pre-world or pre-flood world systems. Like, All right, Josh, dispute him. <laughs> I, I think we should. I think we should stick with the mist. Uh, the mist thing. Well, this is what I was trying to bring up from that. Uh, the garden. What I want to kind of point out is this idea that the Garden of Eden, we think of a garden, but we don't think of it as like where in the world. We think, yeah, maybe Middle East, but I want to say something I like to think about the garden is imagining it on a mountain. This is one of the evidences we have for that, saying that a river went out. If a river is going out and flowing down and splitting into pieces, it has to be flowing down from something. There's also a very popular passage in Ezekiel chapter 28, which talks about the mountain of God, the garden of God being a, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of like Mount Olympus. Imagine Mount Olympus, right? I mean, it could have been, you know, that idea where the gods were, you have to think of an elevated place up to God. Yeah. Right. What the garden was, was the place where God would come down and intersect and theoretically with his creation. Yeah, and the Olympics have nothing to do with this, Josh. <laughs> I never said the Olympics. Why, why would you bring up the Olympics? You said the Olympus? Mount like Olympus. The like the Greek. Mount Greek. Olympus, where Zeus and all, uh, all those guys. Said the like, Olympics. Like, if you had to think about something. All right, I'm of... sorry, Eric. Go back to your shit. <laughs> I'm not trying to throw you off. Um, my interesting thing i mean i know we want to stick with the mist but i'm going to skip ahead no i was just I, we don't have to stick with the mist uh, i was using i was bringing up again water is very important and the lord god commanded the man saying of every tree of garden you may freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die yeah kind of the so um, it's like how many trees you think there were and fruits you think there were in the garden you eat? Probably a lot. So many. And probably one of every note, kind. Interesting thing to note that there was a tree of life that they could they didn't say we couldn't eat from that. And they could live. Yeah, they were eating from the tree of life, you think? But you couldn't eat from the knowledge of tr- uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, before that, in verse 15, it says the Lord took man and put him in the garden to tend and to keep it. That's very, very important. He gave him a job. He creates man. He creates a garden in the east of a land called Eden, up on a mountain. He takes this intimate creation that he made in his own image and places him in that garden with the task, not only to subdue and control the rest of creation, but to tend and to keep that garden. Gave him a job. (laughs) It's more than a job. It's representing. He gave him purpose. He gave him purpose. Every one of us is built with some type of purpose, right? Uh, you're talking animals. Every animal has a specific thing that they naturally do. Humans naturally subdue things. It is just in us. No matter how primitive or how advanced, it is natural for a human, wherever they are, they completely subdue that location. Yeah, it's, right? it's something God – I mean, think of it like this, and this isn't my original thought. This is a lot of – this is well known, and a lot of people we'll see how well study this and teach this. But think of humanity as the original priests, and what the role of that priest would be would be to represent God, being made in the image of God to creation, and to represent creation being created by God to God. And that's why being placed in that place, that garden on top of a mountain, where God would come and you know 
interact with said, administration. You could have just said representatives. Yeah, representatives. Sorry, that was that was easier for him. Than whatever <laughs> you just said. Yeah, but, uh, but I like that, priests. I'm a. Priest. I say that because the words tend and keep are the exact same words that God will instruct the sons of Aaron. The same words tend and keep the tabernacle when He creates the tabernacle when He creates the meeting place, the the temp, the tabernacle of meeting. He'll use those same words, tend and keep. And it's, it's that it will see that continually through the Bible. I just thought that was super interesting. That's the, that's the one thing I wanted to point out um, about this creation, about the garden. It's a beautiful place. It's things that are pleasant. It's specifically beautiful, um, good things to eat. You're given a task and you're given a commandment. You're given a rule. Right? Yeah. And, and a job. <laughs> and a job. <laughs> well, man's first task was naming all the animals. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, wasn't it? Naming uh, all the animals? Well, it says in verse 18, it says, God said, it is not. Now, notice this is the thing I said last time. Up until this point, God created and he said it was solid and he said it was good. So it was the first good. time God said it's not good. The first time God said it's not something is not good, it was what? That man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him or com- yeah, comparable to him. Comparable. Is that what it was? I, don't I, knew, know. I knew I read that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Comparable to him. Out of the ground, he formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. He gave him another job. I mean, he's already well, tending the garden. Now he has to name everything. Well, yeah. God brought it to him, and it was like a very – I like to think of this as a very sweet interaction. I don't know. With all the animals? No, it's it's God coming to Adam and saying, look, I made this. What would you – not like God couldn't name things. God, oh, God is like showing him, look at this. Yeah, look what I made. What would you call it? He's given that purpose and that task, and he's having him play a role into the creation of what things would be called from then on forward. I think well, that's really quick. Okay, we look we look at the text. Where if we're talking about jobs, God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden, tend and keep it. All right, tend to keep the garden. And then God said, uh, oh, of every tree in the garden, you may eat freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you should not eat for it. In the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Now, mm-hmm. this is before the woman shows up in the picture. That's the second command, basically, God gives. He's like, take care of my garden. Hey, don't don't touch this thing. Like, don't don't do this. So that's the second. That's the don't second. Actually, it. yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I missed that. That's technically the amount of commandments. Yeah. And then this is this is before woman. So it says, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Mm-hmm. Out of the ground, God formed every beast <laughs> of the field and every bird of the air. So theoretically, before man and woman, all right, so this like this whole second uh, uh, chapter is more a descriptive way of talking about the first. So now before God is making, so because it's it's clearly showing that he made man and then out of the ground he's basically like trying to compare something to adam so he's not alone so it says uh, i will make a helper comparable to him so out of the ground god formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to adam to see what he would call them do you think the name of every beast was just like literally the first sound his mouth made when he saw said <laughs> animal. Like he saw well, a dog. I'm like not he really, brought a lion. He's like, he ain't lying. I no, don't know exactly not. what language they were speaking, 
That's um, a throwback to episode one. <laughs> what language were they speaking? What language was Adam speaking? We know that there was a single language on Earth up until the Tower of Babel. Well, there was a single language when Adam was around because there was a single man. <laughs> so whatever Adam was speaking, it was the only language that he was it's speaking. True. The Dogs had a language. Lions had a language. He ain't lying. Google tells me the original language of mankind was Hebrew. Adam and Eve spoke <laughs> Hebrew as their descendants in, until the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. I don't know, man. I kind of just... <laughs> yeah. We, we know this to be Hebrew. true. We know this to be true because of the etymology of the names of people recorded in chapters 1 through 10. So by their names, we kind of know it to be true because it matches up with the language. Yeah, so, so Hebrew, Hebrew is the first language. Wow, there you go. I, again, I don't, I don't know what language Adam. So was that the language of was God? Hebrew. Was Hebrew the language of God? Because if it's not like God, Adam just started like like learning his own language, he was taught to man. speak, I, I, right? I don't know, man. See, and this is what we were trying to avoid: is us not knowing the <laughs> answers to questions. Well, that nobody can arise. really know. But let's set up some questions that we don't know the answers. to. Nobody can really know, but you can. It's like cause and effect. It's if Adam question. and Eve theoretically spoke Hebrew, they learned it from someone, that someone being God. That's just how it is. is God we look, Jewish? <laughs> well, God, God, God's God not is, Jewish. God is God. God is nothing. God is God. God is not a, a race of humanity that came from a specific line. Of well, people. we are a race of humanity of God. So we, we come of his image. Yeah, we exactly. Are, you know, we are literally... The image of God. I There's am. a reason why Hebrew su- is is such an important language of religious texts. Yeah. So uh, I can I can see that I can see that being so they can eat of the the fruit of the tree of life. Tree of life. Yeah, they can eat like oranges, grapes. Sure. Yeah, all that deliciousness. Apples, uh, pomegranates, bananas, pineapples. But they didn't eat of the tree of uh, of of life. But they wouldn't eat. Now, this is interesting. You mentioned that he gave them this command, but then woman wasn't there yet. So it's like it was Adam's responsibility to not only, you know, we'll get we'll get to that part. Yeah, I know we will. So man is not alone. He brings all the God brings all the animals to Adam and sees what he would name them. Wolf. <laughs> yeah, but but for Adam, there was not found a helper. God. That's a shark. <laughs> that's a shark comparable to him you think Whale. he called him shark by accident oh, I bet you when he saw the leviathan he was like oh my goodness <laughs> I don't want to be friends with that guy that guy is huge put that thing down <laughs> in the depths of the where I can't go please okay snake unicorn snake. unicorn dragons were those uh, yeah, are we going to we'll, go in that direction yes we will because I am so excited about I that I know Josh has Josh been, is Josh has been waiting to talk about dragons Listen, <laughs> unicorns. you're talking about dinosaurs, nephilim, dragons all yeah, that thing yeah, dinosaurs, I mean there are bones out there what, is he saying that's a velociraptor and the only reason bones. guys I'm, I'm not trying to do this in jest or anything like that to, to whatever listeners but here's the reality we have museums full of dinosaurs we have stories from ancient times about dragons and unicorns um well i love that you keep bringing up unicorns but all right well it's an animal that's mentioned in the bible but i think it's important to we'll talk about that here in a second well we let's talk about it right now why in a second okay because 
I need to collect my remembrance on this. <laughs> I'm really talk about well, that. I'm pretty sure Josh has a knowledge on that. No, no, no. Well, keep going on unicorns. Well, unicorns, they are mentioned in the Bible, but I think that the translation of what specific animal was translated to unicorn wasn't what we're thinking of as a horse with a giant twirling horn coming from its head. Was it a rhino? It could be. Could be the rhino. Could be a um, unicorn. Could be different forms of rams and sheep that have horns, but not just, you know, I think, I mean, it just depends. I remember reading up on that because it was an interesting question. It's mentioned throughout the Bible. But I don't think it's the mystical flying horse with the horn through its head that we're thinking Unicorns aren't always flying. You're right. They're actually impaling people is what they would do. They would use with their horn in mythology. But um, In Numbers 23-22, God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. There you go. But but then again— has yes, one horse exactly. No, you're right. Saying. You're right because, and honestly, to them, a rhino would be a unicorn. To them, a rhino. Because a rhino, when do you ever see a rhino in the Middle East? The, the you, animal if, was na- was mentioned nine times in the Hebrew Bible, but it, it is a broad word. It's called ram reem uh, in Hebrew. I don't I don't speak it, so I don't say it correctly. But um, as the Christian Bible translated, interpreted it, quote unquote. It comes out as a couple different things. It calls comes out as oryx, uh, wild ox, wild bull, buffalo, rhino, rhinosaurus. So, um, rhinosaurus, rhinoceros, rhinoceros, <laughs> rhinosaurus. I like rhinosaurus. I mean, rhinosaurus is comparable <laughs> to horse, but rhinoceros is comparable. Is that a horse or <laughs> a rhinosaurus? Yeah. Oh, rhinosaurus, yeah. like Every rhinosaurus. Beast of the field- Every bird of the air. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable. I'm imagining to. a rhino Adam, with wings. Adam wasn't cool with anything God was bringing him. A rhino with wings, and that's the unicorn. Could you imagine a rhino with wings, but it still can't fly? It just has wings. Okay, well, let's, like let's a, reel it in, nerds. Sorry. It's like a penguin. Oh my gosh. I just. Do you think I, when Adam saw the platypus, he was like, dude. <laughs> God, there's that just like eight different animals put together, and it's poisonous. Can you why platypus? Yeah, so that's yeah. Imagine, I mean, that would have been really cool. None of them were found to be a helper comparable to Adam. Yeah, so Adam wasn't like like I'm pretty sure some animals stuck around longer than others. Maybe you know, pretty sure he had like maybe a little golden retriever next to him. Nah, I think I, I think dogs have a good. I think dogs, dogs have weren't a good around feeling. then. It was just wolves. I know, maybe. <laughs> dogs run around it. You're right. Wolves did. Uh, dogs did come from wolves. Think about how many animals God made for Adam to be like, huh? And Adam's like, no. I don't think like you know like, those huh? you know those monologue movies of like people fighting the perfect dress and like the guy sitting there like shaking their head <laughs> that, like every time they come out with one dress, some music in the background, some early two thousand shaking their head, no. And then finally they come out with that outfit and they're like, yes, that's up and clapping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who do you think was the one like kind of choosing? Was it Adam saying, nah, I can't. Could it? Okay. I don't think God didn't know that when he brought him a rhinoceros, he wouldn't be like, I don't know. Is this comparable? (laughs) Could they be a Suffice it to say, all all the men are happy that Adam wasn't 
you know, <laughs> good. To, it would have really been a weird existence. If All right. was like, here's a, you know what? Ducks. <laughs> Ducks are where it's at. Here's another, here's another thing that I want to bring up. All right. So it's clearly saying that he's bringing every bird of the air, every beast of the field, and he's bringing them to Adam. Now, is this before the command that God gives everything to multiply? Because no. if, if, wait, let me get, let me, let me just finish here. If he did give this command and God is, super smart, right? If he's super smart, then he would have thought, hey, you know, I made female for all these animals. Why wouldn't I just make a female for Adam? Mm. Right? I was thinking that before too. Why did he make man alone knowing it wasn't good for man to be alone? And then, you know, after he makes everything, the blessing and the command to be fruitful, multiply. And Adam, let me ask you guys to answer your question with a question. Uh Oh, is God alone? Oh, um, well, obviously, we see it's him saying, "Let it, let us make man in our image." Uh, take it as you will. We're going to just say that um, it was God in three different forms, right? Kind of nod your head, yes, if you agree. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm no, just it's, like, it's a deep it. question. Yeah, it's it is God alone. No, I mean, but then is... again, it could have been like maybe that the God is part of this whole different society of gods. Whoa, that he is stop. the God of gods. Well, this isn't a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> this is a Greek mythology. This is the Zeus great amongst the other Rick. pantheons. There is one God. It's kind of like the first I'm, commandment. One of the biggest differences between our God and like the ancient other <laughs> religions is the fact that there was one God. Yeah. You know, you're right. Uh, the, you have to constant... think about it like this again. We as people always try to carpent, carp, stick God in a specific category, compartmentalize. Yeah, that word that I can't say. This is what. Let me let me bring in something yeah, that just ahead. came to my mind. All right. So God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is a traditional what Christians believe, right? And God, the Father. Theoretically, that was formed later on. That concept was formed later on. Uh, Okay. But here's the thing. You know, God presents himself in the way that man could understand God. But God is something that's beyond our understanding, right? It's not... I don't think that God is a physical being in the sense that we know what type of physical being God is. Like... This imagination that people have of God being an old man with a white beard in heaven, that's that's just that's not what God is at all. God is a God is a spirit. God, God is was a spirit, fire. you know. Is, it's so many names to describe what God is, and yet we don't have enough words to describe what God is. It's easier to imagine God being an old man with a white beard. That's that's what than, you know, that's, that's being what a child believe. up in heaven. That's what people want to believe, but I mean it's not God what God is. is. So why did God create man alone? So that, well, God, I think God, we were God's companion in a sense. Like out of His creation, He created a companion creation for Him mm-hmm. to delight and talk with. He actually breathed His own life into man. Mm-hmm. But then God noticed, like, hey, man, this Mike, this guy that I love so much, he's not happy. Like, how, how do you know he wasn't happy? Because it says he wasn't happy. Like Adam was not. He didn't. He just. I don't know. 
why do you think he would say it's not good? If Adam was happy and everything was cool, God would be like, nope, not good. Let me reverse that on you. Maybe it was also, and I like what you said a lot, but maybe it was also for man to realize, like if God, if man was created with woman already there, he would have never known what it felt like to not have that and what cherish that that's that he's true. given that much more. Think about that, the relation because this is what's. I think I have a, a way of understanding when we continue here to the story of the garden. Almost like he cherishes it too much, but God made that so like you will appreciate what you don't have more or what you have more when you realize what it was like when you didn't have it. I you like know? how so you think, interpreted it, but that's. I, I think it goes both fact. ways. I think it's both of that. Like God, we have to look it, at the he, facts. We have to look at but the you, facts. But you see that later, and, and that, I love that you said it. I've never thought about that way because if you look at the children of Israel later in the Bible and the relationship God wants to have with his chosen people, he wanted God to be everything to them, their priest, their king, their ruler, their, their, their companion, um, their God, but they – wanted to be like the world. They also were always wanting, we want a king. We want rules. We want a kingdom. We want the specific things. And God was trying to provide everything. And it's almost like that kind of got accentuated later in the story. But it's like sometimes us as people, like God wants something for us. But because we kind of always look around and compare ourselves to others and we can't find something that, we don't truly trust in God to be everything for us and to fulfill us. And we kind of look for our fulfillment in either success or, you know, yeah, just different things that are like fleeting and God lets you do it. I mean, mm-hmm. cause he, God ultimately doesn't, God, I don't think God ever wants you to be unhappy. Uh-huh. Doesn't want anybody to be unhappy. And I don't think you want Adam to be unhappy. So he's like, you know what? I love this guy. Let's take it. Him. Take it as if God's a teacher and he's having a class and all these students are in the class. And there are some students that just want to always do their own thing. They're always on their phone. They're always joking around, always playing around. And God's doing everything he can as a teacher to help these kids pass. He's making it in a way where he's, he's like telling them the answers of the test. Like, hey, guys, these are the answers of the test. These are and the keys. God- God loved Adam so much that he did one of my favorite things to Adam. He caused a deep sleep to fall on him. <laughs> right. And I love deep sleeps. Like those okay. are the favorite. If so yeah, let's, let's... Out, of, out of the categories of sleeps, deep <laughs> is my favorite one. No, for sure. We this, all love we continually, man, None of the animals were comparable to Adam. And what God does, like Nathan said, he causes a, fall, a deep sleep or Adam to fall into a deep sleep. And it says he takes one of his ribs. Yeah, I love ribs. Closes up the flesh in its place. And then the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into woman, and he brought her to man. And this is the first time we see Adam quoted in he the He goes, whoa, man. <laughs> Shout out to uh, God Bush. That's his joke he used to say from the pulpit. Whoa, man. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, Dude, now this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She will be called woe man, woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Now, so this, that's, is this it, symbolically man like Adam? This leaving, is the first, the pre, not the presence of not leaving God, but he's stepping away from his 
complete unity with God to be with woman. But He's, then again, God, God, then again, God did see and say it is not good for man to be alone. So theoretically, man was already alone, even though God's uh, God was sometimes walking in the garden with him. Because I don't imagine, I mean, from the text, it didn't look like God was always there. Like I wasn't always walking around in the garden. He was sometimes just leaving, you know, being the dad that goes and gets the milk. And he's not coming back for a while. Who knows well, where he went? These guys not like an abandoning <laughs> father. What? <laughs> Josh, that was. No. No, no but yeah, I'll you be, get I'm going to the gas station. I'll, I'll be right some back. Cigarettes. Hey. See you and never. And Who knows what other missions he has going that, on? Josh. No, Josh. Well, like, he obviously left. Okay, he, he obviously wasn't he always would, there. He so what? He was just hovering over him, just being later like, says I he see you. to the garden in the cool of the evening as he would. Come on, he wasn't a ring camera there. that was always just, I'm going to leave. It wasn't like, I'm I'll watch see you. you. I'm, I'm going to abandon you now and not be part of your family either. So yeah, I get it. But He obviously had things here, going on in heaven. Creation of man, it's really interesting, the allusions towards like major surgery and how it's done today. <laughs> like, Do you think – right, I'll get into that. I'll, let me get into that that surgery part because that was a cool – that re- was a really cool uh, study that I did find. The rib, what makes the rib so important. And delicious. And the, fact, the fact that it was written out as if it was a surgery. So the rib is the one of the only bones in the body that can actually reproduce. The, uh, re- I thought it was the only bone. It is no. There are uh, like because you could take bone extract and and basically make clones out of a bone extract, and it could form. But it is the only bone that you can do with uh, with like a correct surgery type of thing. So it has to be done perfect. It has to be done with a surgery. You can't you can't break your bone. You can't break your ribs, and then all of a sudden the rib regenerates. But if you if you uh, take the rib and cut it and and remove it. And if you do it the right way, it will regrow. It will regrow. So the fact that it says it in the Bible that God cut like like as if he was doing a surgery, he cut them open, took the rib out, and then closed them up again. Closed them up. This shows that he did it as a, as in a surgery. I don't know what type of knife he was using, but I'm assuming it was a pretty knife. Uh, it was a pretty sharp knife. Um. I mean, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. So basically, what don't woman you know? is a clone. I don't know about ribs. I don't know if you, if I was to have a rib surgically removed, if it actually would grow back. The only thing I know about ribs is they're delicious in terms of the food. Mm. The fact that he took a rib from man and made a woman, and this was. She was taken out of man and was flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Mm-hmm. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Mm-hmm. You think Adam was like, what's father and mother? <laughs> what are you, what? No, no. See, that, yeah, that part was written later. I mean, by like, Moses, right? Exactly. Yeah. You have to look at it like this, but this is the first representation of the first ever marriage man and a woman yeah. being joined um, together and showing what it means that. That you have now a full unit. You have a, a man and woman. Now man has the ability to fulfill all of God's commandments, to be fruitful and multiply, to tend and to keep the garden. And he is having a relationship with God where he's God has given him things to do and using him in his work. And he's 
a representation to creation of God and a representation of creation to God. And, and that's how we start off the story of chapter three when we go into the next part of the creation. Now, before we go on, do you guys have anything else to say about this? I, yeah. I just want to I want to bring in some like actual uh, context to the rib uh, thing just so yeah. nobody thinks I'm so basically <laughs> the times of India.com science um, is saying that when a, a bone, when the rib cartilage and its surrounding of tissue called the, I don't know what the, how to pronounce that. It's some scientific, some like scientific term, but if you remove it uh, carefully the the missing sections will repair completely within one or two months. So if you com- if you cut the rib and take it out carefully, it will regrow. Our bodies actually, our 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 ribs do grow. So it, it says that uh, a slight increase in the rib cage size is observed from the age of twenty to thirty. So between the ages of twenty to thirty, your rib si- your rib cage size do grow. But the rib cage size appears to be fairly constant between the ages of 30 to 100. So if you live past 100, your rib cage size uh, seems to grow even more. So your ribs are constantly growing larger. So the fact that God, a woman is theoretically a clone of man. <laughs> I'm slapping that down. How are you getting at? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, my final. That's what scientists are trying to do <laughs> Women now. Women are clones. Trying to create- it's trying to create clones, and how do you how do you create clones? You take it from bone marrow. Don't get me started on clones, dude. That one. But here's the thing: it's not truly a clone of man because a woman has clearly different parts to her. <laughs> she that does. Man does not have. You are right. She does. You are completely. It right It is there. both coming from, but being a new creation. It, it, it is. It is a. It was a helper to him. You and by God, the way, God breathed him. life into man already. So he's not going to, uh, I think that if he breathes life into something again, I don't know. I don't, I don't see the reason why God would do it twice. You, you get it? Like he he does, already he, did it. To, to mankind, he breathes his life. And then from that same creation, he made the woman. We just have to look at it like it is our perfect counterpart, our, our, our united you know, being that we're supposed to be together to be able to be one, to be able to be able to multiply and reproduce and to live in accordance to what God created us to do. What day did man uh, from the first chapter, man was created on the sixth day. On the sixth day, just like the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Maybe God breathing himself into man. um, I'm not, I'm not saying this fact, but what if that was pretty exhausting? Like he took part of himself to put into this being. You want to go back to the whole Jesus or God gets tired <laughs> conversation? No, you just really want us to be like God gets tired sometimes. No, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just saying that he didn't breathe life. He didn't breathe himself into woman because you're really trying exhausting. to say he did not breathe life into woman, but he did some man. <laughs> You've been trying to say that without saying it, and therefore that's why man is superior. <laughs> Like for a good fifteen minutes now, uh, <laughs> like, but you're not no. saying it. Man I'm not because not. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Man I'm not. and women right, are I'm created <laughs> with both rules. Man was supposed to tend and to keep, the but garden. the breath of life is clearly but, given to man. But, but men are clearly more important. <laughs> no, because the breath of life is still in. 
It's still in the ribs it's because it's part woman. of man. Part so of the, the exactly. God created woman with the rib that was able to regrow. And maybe he formed different no, things I in a way Josh where they can't reproduce. They're the same because they come from the same. They grow the same way. They're cloned, but it's just a different from the same. That's what he's trying Suffice to say. Suffice it to say... That was a lot of man yes. was very happy with woman. Yeah, let's just say that he was. A little, he might have been a little too happy. Out of all creation, he's like, oh, woman. he created almost a whole poem. He created almost a whole poem. Being like, <laughs> he wrote the first I love poem. this woman. Yeah, yeah I really. If I love it. Guitar, Me, he would have so saying like, "Hey there, Delilah, bone, flesh of my flesh." You are what I love. Yeah, no, it, it, it might have been a little too much. He loved woman. But man was supposed to love God. The last verse in the chapter two, and they were both naked, the man and his wife. Mm-hmm. Didn't even call her woman no more, just his wife. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they were not ashamed. Yep. Well, they became one. When you join as one, basically... You, you have sex. All right. When talk, you join us oh, one, yeah. you be. No, but I was it, it say, is, talk us through from it, but it looks a completely like biblical standpoint, they became one. And More they weren't ashamed because they're probably both in pretty good shape. Well, I would assume that they were made perfect, like as a person is supposed to be symmetrical and all that. Anyway, yeah, now, are we going to go into the fall of man in this episode? Yes. Just want to like reiterate that. Yes. Yeah. So I we're going to right, right now. Buckle I, your seatbelts because that old serpent's about to come into play here. We have a beautiful creation. Everything's He good. was known as more cunning than the rest of them. Let's go. I'm into sorry. It. Go ahead. Andrew. Let's go into it. Into chapter three. So now we're entering into the creation. You have man, woman. Well, can I garden. read a little bit of it? I was going to introduce it. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and read starting with chapter three. Now that this is my favorite part of the Bible. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just playing. It's not. Yeah. This, this is the saddest part. Unfortunately, of the Bible. it goes from this ridiculous high point where everything is good, living in harmony with obedience to God's will. And man has its purpose, its place and its companion. This is the most tragic part of our existence. This is the reason for the ne- the necessity of salvation. All right. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, as God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will surely, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. I'm going to stop there for a second. Yeah, a ton, a ton of stuff we just covered there, and it, and and it's just so tragic because the first thing I want to point out is you have the woman. You don't even have Adam in this part of the story. You have the woman in the garden, and you have the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. Now, we've had this conversation before offline and in the past. The serpent referred to as Satan, the devil, 
or just a serpent, which was cunning compared to the beast of the field. I yeah. think it's pretty widely agreed upon that it is the devil. It was Satan, the deceiver. But what do you guys think? I, I think I think that uh, you're right. It, it, there's a lot of um, references that it was the devil and the devil being a serpent. Now, because it says in the first in the first uh, verse, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. Not saying that the God that God created the serpent. Uh, obviously, God created everything, but in the, on the earth spectrum, that God did not create the serpent. Um, that uh, it's kind of like its its own thing. So the serpent, being the more serpent was already him. there. Yeah, before creation. Unless the serpent was more of a heavenly thing, uh, but that well, that you... that goes into another that goes into another thing, basically, because it does show later on in the Bible that that the devil is a dragon. And yeah, Revelation chapter twelve verse in heaven talks about he was a dragon, dragon and they had a war and the dragon and all down. his hosts and all his mm-hmm. followers fell from heaven. Now when they fell from heaven, guess where they went? Let me just guess, 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 guys. Uh, Mars? No, they went to Earth. Come on, <laughs> keep up. All right, so they go to Earth. So now, Earth. now they have now there's serpents on Earth, right? Well, yes. hold on, because I don't think that serpents were – there was just – the devil was the only serpent. I mean, I think he probably took – Revelation chapter 9 or 12. No, you have – The great ser- dragon – listen, the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the eighth to the earth and his angels with him. So you you have this this comparison of the, the dragon, also known as a serpent – being Satan, a deceiver. Yeah, this is another clear indicator of that being the, it's a deceptive, more cunning animal, and it's coming to attack the one thing that, or like the most precious thing that God created, which was loved, man, which was mankind. Exactly. You want to know something? Uh, here's another theory that that uh, was that I came across recently. Now, when the when after, so God already. Um, he, when he was forming the earth and he was forming, uh, it, it's almost like God was, I mean, he was forming the earth and he formed man. Now, the devil wanted, uh, he wanted everyone to worship him, right? He wanted, he wanted to be worshiped. It's not like he was trying to really take God's place, but he was trying to be like God, right? He wasn't trying to be over God. He was trying to be like God and trying to have people worship him. The same way that people were that that everybody worshipped God. It's like why why not why not have this? Well, I mean, before you go into that, like, give us an example of what you're talking about. Like, where would you get the idea that the devil wanted to people to worship him? I know I just want to clarify for the listeners if that if there's somewhere in the Bible, I, I'll look it up real quick. I know there's a verse that said, um, you know, you you sought to be like God. I think it's in Isaiah, um, I believe. In Isaiah, uh, for you have in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt yes, my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of congregation mm-hmm. um, that uh, on, the, again. on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend from above the highest of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Isaiah 14, 12 to, 20, That's what to, it was. to 14. Yeah. It will be like the most high. No, he wanted to be, be like God. 
But exactly. the, the concept that, that I was saying is that um, that they got jealous. They got jealous that God now was having new favorites. That's, and a, it's that's almost, a theory. I don't, it I don't is know a theory. That's, no, I'm that's not saying where, that this is fact. I'm not saying yeah, that this is fact. I just wanted to point well, out. Well, yeah, that. we have introduced into the story uh, an antagonist. We have a, 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 an evil presence that is wanting to dissuade man from obeying the one rule that God gave him to obey. Trying to destroy God's creation. Trying to destroy God's creation. And God's creation yeah. being man. God, uh, the devil, really, you can see the devil's not after lions. The devil's not after rhinoceroses. No, because the devil's we are not after God's penguins. Image. Exactly. We are creating yeah. God's image. The devil is after man. But also, really, not only is he after man, he wants man to worship him. And it's really interesting. I don't, I mean, well, maybe. I don't, I don't have a lot of, I think it's more of just taking, this, I mean, just, bringing down as many people as you can with them. Cause now I'll yeah. talk about why I think that is why later in a second, this is very important. Um, but we see here, it's very interesting. Another thing to note that this deceiver, this, this antagonist trying to dissuade humanity. Oh, that's a loud ice maker. <laughs> this, it's making some ice. It, uh, it doesn't go after Adam. Where does it go after? After the woman, the, the woman. Exactly. Now I want us to pay attention very closely here. And verse two, it says when he, she kind of refutes. So first thing she does and then when the serpent comes, it points her out. It, it it kind of takes her aside from man, speaks to her. Jesus. You loud. shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And he said, we may eat of every tree of the fruit, except for the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden. You should not eat it. And this is important. Nor shall you touch it. Nowhere in the previous chapter or anywhere else did it say that you weren't supposed to touch it. Yeah, it's very important. One of the biggest things you can do whenever you fall into temptation is add or take away when you try when you don't understand the commandment completely. Now, this was a fault of Adam to be able to correctly. Now, this could have been Adam trying to overcompensate or this could be something that she just added herself, you know, where he never told her not to touch it. But you shouldn't eat it or touch it. That wasn't what God said. And it wasn't Adam. Yeah. If you touch it, it, you'll die. That's the lie she told. Exactly. And people like to say that the serpent said that first lie, but no, actually she lied first. I'll mm-hmm. be right back. Where are you going? The same place I seem to have wins. <laughs> but that's a very important distinction because God never said you shouldn't touch it. She said you shouldn't touch it. And I gave the serpent an opportunity to go in for the kill. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that's a, that's a big, that's a big detail that a lot of people overlook. So yeah, the first thing we see that led to the temptation or led to the temptation being successful that we can see is wrongly recalling God's word, you know, not being a hundred percent accurate, and knowing the commandments of God like you're supposed to, or not having been taught, if you look at Adam, being the one that received the commandment, not being the one that made sure she knew it in the correct way. That's the first thing we see. Now we He should have relayed the message back to her. He probably was like showing her like, hey, you know, this is the garden. These are the animals. This is the rhinosaurus. Uh, don't touch that tree right there. Like that, I mean, don't eat from that tree right there. See, you did it too. Did you see that? See how easy that is? Yeah, he probably said to her, "Don't touch it." Maybe he said it to her. It's possible, but well, maybe he was like, "Hey, you can't eat from that tree," but I want to eat from that tree. Just don't touch it. 
Don't don't <laughs> touch it. You don't even touch it. Just stay away from it completely. No, it's like a child. Like he was. What if? What if she? What if she started out like a child? No, we're not doing that. That's not. Uh, yeah, and Adam did, and he was just a man growing a child. No, that's not what happened. You're right. <laughs> Can we please not that? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm go ahead and hard know you there, Josh. If that's okay, for the sake of <laughs> for the sake of imagery, was just gonna say no. For the sake of everything, it that. wasn't no. That's not what it was, man. No, and we also see going back to it. I don't. I, I did say that he points her out, but he addresses her more than points her out. I don't think that Adam was far away because he does. It does say later in verse six, you know, Adam was with her. It's not like he was like on another side of the garden, possibly, but he did address her, being that maybe he knew, you know, it was already secondhand. It wasn't as well known. Maybe she, you know, we don't know exactly, but there was a familiarity there, you know. Yes. If, that's one thing that's also very interesting is like the snake. I don't know how many snakes you guys have talked to or serpent. I don't want to say Nikash. snake. I want to say serpent. Okay. Nakash is the right, is the actual word. Uh, what? Nakash. 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 It's, okay. I say that on purpose because that's the word used in the original Hebrew. Um, it's also the word that is used throughout the Bible. And it also refers to like flying or shining or fiery serpents or you know it's used in a couple different ways so it's like that's a dragon yeah later when the 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 israelites are being punished by god in the wilderness they send fiery serpents into the camp to bite them and and, and they're being poisoned dragons and 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 we see serpents as a as an evil type figure because of this story of deception but it would be very interesting when we get to the story. God instructs Moses to make a bronze serpent image and lift it up on a staff, and everybody that looks up at that image will be healed. But bronze or fiery or you know flying winged Nakash. Nakash is the word. Um, but yeah, wrongly recalling God's word is the first thing we see in the in the dialogue we have with the woman and the serpent, and then. The serpent recounts when she says, you shall not touch it lest you die. You will surely not die for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good from evil. Now, this is very important. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. She also gave it to her husband. This is again what I was saying in verse six, who was with her and he ate it. Now, where did Adam step in anywhere here and be like, nah? I think know, he was also curious. He, I think he was curious as well. But I'm sure he wanted to take the hit. He didn't want to take the hit. So he's mm-hmm. he let her take the hit. And then that's when he was like, she did it. You know, he's blaming her because um, I, it's how many times have we done that? You know, if you have siblings, you're not the one that wants to, to get in trouble. So you send your little brother or little sister. I'll be like, hey, go over there. Uh, get me that cookie. I know I'm not supposed to be eating cookies right now because our parents said no cookies, but just go get me that cookie. And then the parents see, you know, the little kid grabbing a cookie from the cookie jar and they're like, what are you doing? And the kid gets in trouble, but you're the one be like, ah, you know, my plans have been foiled again. Scrap. <laughs> I think it was more of just like, I don't think Adam was using Eve as a, as a guinea pig. Like, you eat first, let me see if you burst into flames. <laughs> you were like a bad older brother, weren't you? <laughs> 
you're the older brother of like aren't don't you have like seven siblings you're not yes i have seven. i'm the oldest of the eight. listeners don't know that yeah, he's all. your cousin you know how many siblings that's he why has. i said don't you and he's uh, a bad okay <laughs> No, it's not, yeah, that's that's not the angle I would go with. It was more of actually, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, he was with her and he didn't stop her. And there's, I mean, when we break down and dissect why was it so appealing, there's a verse that comes to mind for me um, in First John chapter two. I think it's verse sixteen. It says, "For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life." It's not of the father, but it's of the world. And you see, that's kind of an idea of like every form of way she was tempted. The woman saw with her eyes that it was good for food. Or she saw that it was good for food, good for the body. It was pleasant to the sight, the lust of the eyes, and desirable to make one wise. She had that pride that want to be greater. It was tempting in all those ways. And she didn't have the correct command of being able to recall God's word. And she had that dialogue instead of, you know, being firm or going back to Adam or, you know, I want to say it, it, it became a successful temptation. Mm-hmm. And she took it instead of like understanding, because the other thing the serpent does is he, he, he attacks the purpose behind the commandment. He makes it seem like God is a petty God wanting to try to deceive you so that you don't become like him. That's what like he always does. That's what he always does. He, he always tries to 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 demean whatever God has said and try to be like, oh, you know, did God really say that? You know, does he really mean that? Yeah, he's he, always making because you were uncertain. Yourself. Because you were uncertain in knowing the correct commandment, the correct law, and because you questioned then the purpose behind the law, and you incorrectly assumed what is good and what isn't, because again, your entire meter of what is good and what is not is completely off at this point. Yeah, the serpent was successful in able to being able to deceive her into eating of the fruit, and Adam likewise. Now, I have a question. Yes, for both of you, and this is not anything to do with what you just said. Okay, because we're kind of. I'm, I think we've dived deep enough there. Um, the serpent says, "God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be open. You will be like God, knowing good and evil." And then later on, it says that the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked. Were they like God then? Did they now know good and evil? Yeah. Can 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 God? Because <laughs> people believe there's theories out there. The reason yeah. I asked that, that, oh, you know, and this is the anti-Christian, anti-God <clears throat> theories like, oh, well, the, the, the you know, it's all a lie and. You know, their eyes were open and now they have the knowledge of the gods. That's the Luciferian context where the Luciferians believe that God was enslaving humans to just be. You say Luciferian, but it's sadly like a very like a lot of people believe this for some reason. It's weird. That God was the bad guy and that Lucifer. Yeah, that's the Satanist point of view where Satanists believe that the devil, first of all, most Satanists are atheists, but this idea of the story is that, you know, there was an oppressive God and there was these rebellious one that wanted to be free of that oppression and this found strength in oneself, which is completely opposite of what the Bible is trying to teach us and will show us what's the purpose of God's reason for our creation and our relationship. I think, I mean, my viewpoint of the answer to that is the fact that 
they already knew good because they were in obedience of God. The only evil that they now know is the fact that they disobeyed God. That's right. They weren't wiser. They weren't smarter or their eyes weren't open, quote unquote, to the like. It's not like they now know the mysteries of the universe. No. All they know now is that they are no, they they they, they are disobedience of God. They finally they feel something they never felt before. That's all shame. they shame. And then they Whenever were ashamed, shame and then they put you know they hits. made some they made some uh, fig trees, some sweet figs. Clothes. Well, oh, they take that's, the, that's the other thing. Fig tree is, and Newton so. figs. Fig, that's the other thing. Is, could they, could what was the fruit? The fruit. Some people say was figs. Some people say is apples and apples. Some people say is, it was pomegranates, not apples. Was what I what I think that it could have been an apple because the apple is actually one of the most uh, visually pleasing type of fruits out there. When you see an Adam's apple, apple. Tr- when you, yeah, when you see an apple on a tree. It is one of the like it kind of shines. A lot of times, it also shines and stuff like Honey that. Fruits. But it is it's also on on the scale of whatever on the number scale. It is one of the top healthiest fruits out there for you. Let so me, not let, only let is me, it appealing, but it's also very good for you. Well, Fuji, I, I can see why you think that. I disagree, and this is why. Um, why? There why? was one tree of knowledge of tree of good and evil. It was in the center of this garden. They took one fruit, ate of it. And then they were exiled shortly after from the garden, as we'll see here in a second. It wasn't trees that were able to reproduce, and we have it all over the earth, and they ate, they took the bite, and now they spread the seed everywhere. Johnny Appleseed. I think that it's just Ooh, one tree, just like the cool. tree of life. Um, Gala apples? No, but... <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm so, that one got Josh. <laughs> it's, it's Gala, but right. Oh, it's Gala? Granny Smith. Is it not gala? It's not gala. It's never been gala. I it thought you said I'm going to the gala. It's absolutely gala apples. It's like I want to look this up. How you uh, pronounce it? I like honey, honey crisp, honey crisp. The knowledge of tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, was not apples. I'm gonna I'm I'm be pretty. No, you can't. You can't. You I can't, can't just say not sure. apples. Yeah, thousand percent. No, I'm down the hill. No, you can't. I'll believe it's figs before I believe it's apples because the first thing they had near them were fig leaves. Have you have you ever grabbed a fig fruit and just ate it? <laughs> Give me an it is gala. <laughs> I've been saying gala apples <laughs> to many many people in grocery stores for years. People I would ask where your gala apples at, <laughs> and they never told me where they were at. Oh. And now I know why. Because there's no such thing as gala apples. Either way, how do you say this? Fuji, Fuji, or Fiji? Fiji, Fiji. it's Fuji, 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 Fuji. Either way, now I don't know anything. I'm not going to pronounce every apple with you. (laughs) So yeah, we have now. Granny Smith are good too. I'm sorry. That's it. You have the woman falls, but again, where was man? My personal, actually, this isn't even my personal belief. I actually got this from talking with my dad. As so it's your dad's personal belief. Well, my dad, just as we had in the conversation, he was like, it could be this um, as his theory as to why. Adam I want to know whose personal belief this is. <laughs> it can't be. Really, well, I, I'm going to give credit where it's due. I'll let you know when I have, I'll let you know when it's my original thought or if it's something I had, you know, in discussion with somebody else. But is this a thought or a belief? 
This is a thought. I, I'm I'm gonna stop. I'm sorry. I'm going too much. Adam lost his. He he fell out of his role or his original love of God and and clung too much to his wife. Where he should have been prioritizing his relationship with God, he began to prioritize his relationship with woman. That's why she was able to kind of fall so far away, um, and he wasn't able to stop her because he kind of let her do whatever he wants instead of doing what he was supposed to do by watching, tending, keeping, uh, fulfilling God's commandment and doing the role that he was given, the direct role. Because if he was... How do you know he wasn't? How do you... How, and I, I bring this back to. I bring how do you know he wasn't to, farming still, or uh, keeping? I didn't attending. say he wasn't farming. I'm saying I know, but that I, I, you're saying that he that he fell. If from he was his fulfilling role. his role completely in the way he was supposed to, <clears throat> as a watcher and a keeper, he wouldn't have allowed the what had happened to happen. He was supposed to this woman who was supposed to be a helper to her. He was still supposed to be the lead, and he yeah. wasn't. He allowed her, and then she gave him the fruit, as opposed to him saying, "Don't do that. This is the correct commandment." And I, when I said earlier, I, I, I base this off of a few things, but again, think about that he was alone and then he knew what it was like to be alone and then have a woman, the perfect woman yeah. you know, for him. And you hear that boys don't love him too much. <laughs> it, it's just, it's just a thought. It's, it's whenever God equates love throughout the Bible with obedience to his commandments. We'll find that time and time again. If you love me, Jesus says it, you love me, follow my commandments. God's mercies renew themselves to the his commandment was generations to, to those who keep his commandments. And when the one commandment they had, he didn't obey. God looks at it. And this is the way he sees it is that his love, his obedience, his desire wasn't for him. It had to have been for somebody else. For something else. And that something else could have been the woman. And that's why he fell short in his duty. And he also partook and ate of the fruit. And the first thing we see that happens is so sad because, yeah, maybe they didn't fall and died physically. But there was immediate shame. There was an immediate death spiritually. That connection with God was completely gone. That connection between each other, the man and the woman, was gone. And that connection with nature was gone. Everything separated and died the moment that they were disobedient. And we'll see that when we continue here as to see what happens next in the steps. By the way, if you ever feel like you're having a bad day, just remember the worst day in recorded history (laughs) is what we're reading about right now. You didn't disobey God, therefore cursing the rest (laughs) of your descendants forever. Yeah. (laughs) Committing the ultimate sin, which is going to need Thousands of years to, to to rectify, but we have such an amazing... And the only way out of this curse is God himself <laughs> has to come on earth and man, in human form and die for your sin. You didn't do anything like that. But this is the most beautiful part of this, and this is where the story of the Bible truly begins with the creator of everything. Knowing this was going to happen, and you'll see he plans everything out to where... He will be that savior that we need. And I want to I want to continue because I want to bring this up, this idea. But it's such an incredible interaction. We have his creation disobeying, and now we have the interaction with God. Uh, where do you want me to start reading again? Verse 8? For verse 8, yes, sir. They covered themselves with fig leaves. They knew they were naked. And now we have verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day. 
and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Hmm. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? Hmm. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman who you gave to be with me, she (laughs) gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, and these are going to be three pretty long curses uh, for each. We'll we'll summarize the curses here, but before we get into that... What's the first thing you guys notice when you see this part of the passage? Walking the cool of the day, he's, he came into the morning. The cool of the day being normally the morning. God is cooling. God is cool. cool he show, so he shows up in the morning and he's looking around. He's like, cool man, where are these guys? First thing I see is that they hid from God or they attempted to. They attempted to. But here's the, here's the crazy thing about this is God, again, we're, this isn't a me hiding from Nathan because I stole his last Red Bull from the fridge. Did you? <laughs> uh, okay, go. God, <laughs> uh, they hide. God knowing everything, he realizes what he's done. He obviously knows that his, his creation that he gave one commandment to disobeyed. The one that he loved so much that he made intimately and breathed into them. He comes walking as he usually does. And instead of coming down with thunderbolts and fire and brimstone to burn everything up and, and what is just, he comes with a gentle, where are you? That strikes me so hard every time I read it because he, he's, he's entreating and he's calling to, and it says he called to Adam and said, where are you? And he gives Adam this opportunity to jump up and, and to repent and to try to come clean and to try to, you know, ask for forgiveness. But Adam is so lost in the grips of sin at this point and deception. What does he do? He's, I guess he's speaking from the bushes. Yeah, I heard the voice of the garden. I was afraid because I was, and I was naked and I hid myself, you know, trying to self-preserve at this point and just being like, I'm sorry, you know, and, and God again. Instead of being, you're naked, how do you, you know, he says, who told you you were naked? Did you do this thing that I told you not to do? And what does Adam do? Showing not only the disconnect from God, but also the disconnect from the his partner, his helper. Yeah. He plays the blame game. <clears throat> like Josh does. Yeah. Hmm. Like Josh Your fault. does. Your fault. You did it. <laughs> I didn't do it. The woman whom you gave to be with me. First of all, God, <laughs> you gave me this. This this lady. I was so he cool blames God with first. the ducks. Kind of like blaming <laughs> God. Yeah. In a sense. Listen, rhinoceroses were pretty cool. Oh, enough <laughs> with the rhinos, guys. If you would have gave me a rhino, that's like this the flattest joke. You guys are really trying to force this rhinoceros joke. Well, right. Lions <laughs> were much better. Anyway. And the Lord... The Lord did go to the woman after that. He's like, yeah, he follows along. Well, all right. Well, what did you do? She's like, who's the serpent? First of all, who's the serpent? Why does he talk to me (laughs) daily? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, that is a great point. You know, God did not come with fire and brimstone in the beginning, but he did, uh, uh, well, he is dole a, out three uh, pretty long curses on each 
one of them. And um, do you think any yeah, of the other animals were talking? He, he, he doesn't even give a serpent the chance. Yeah, once, he doesn't even ask the serpent. He said, once she said the serpent, he says, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. And on your belly, you shall go. You shall eat dust. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And this is a very important part of the verse. And God gave the first prophecy of the Bible. This is the first prophecy. He shall bruise your head, but and you shall bruise his heel. Essentially pointing out, this is the first messianic prophecy from the seed of woman shall come a messianic figure that will end the serpent by crushing yes. his head. But in turn, the serpent will also strike his heel and hurt them in some way. But and he, so wait, that's the curse. I'm sorry. Between your seed and her seed. It's also, it's very interesting that God's cl- clarifying that it's her seed. And the serpent's seed, right? And I asked mm-hmm. earlier, were there any other animals that could talk? Obviously, it doesn't show that they were talking to other animals. So let's just assume that there weren't any other animals that were talking. And if we're going back to the context that the serpent being uh, the devil and the angelic beings that fell from heaven, because uh, the, there were multiple fallings, but... The, the one fr- of Lucifer and his angels falling from heaven. So if Lucifer, if this being the devil and God telling the devil that your seed and her seed will be, there will be enmity between you, between your, your descendants. So uh, that goes, that goes to say uh, the, the serpent's descendants, the devil's descendants, right? Okay. No, I'm just, I'm that just is an interesting point because he does, God does say between your seed and her seed, Andrew. Well, so does this uh, bring in the the serpentine people? Oh, is this one? <laughs> He's trying, just like really trying to oh, guide God. the reptilians. The reptilians. Oh, I mean, come gosh. on, come on. I mean, it's kind of leading the to the only this, thing right? that the, the, the serpent produced. And if you want to say like, in terms of like a reproduction was sin. Right, how many? Okay. Yeah. Which sin is uh, another way of, to God, another way of, and the seed of removing of man from God. Yeah. And that, it's talking about sin will be destroyed. Death will be destroyed. Where sin is, God cannot be. And hers, you see your seed being like between sin and her descendants, mm-hmm. he shall destroy, he shall vanquish sin mm-hmm. because he dies for the sins and everybody's forgiven. And but he that's shall not, his heel. that's symbolically speaking, but literally speaking, you're, you're saying between your seed and her seed, right? Literally, if you're reading it, it's saying between your seed and her seed. And then it also says later, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and uh, your conception. Well, that's, so the, is that that's symbolically speaking? The- is God is symbolically making a labor painful? I never said no, that's literally the specific literal reproduction. Produ- like pr- what it produced was sin. A literal. Well, God's thing. not a confusing God. So if we're gonna make it if we're gonna speak literal, then yeah, I never said it was figurative. I I said it was symbolic. He was saying that seed meaning sin, which is a nice concept, but that's not what it's saying. So you're saying that the reptilians. You're I'm saying not. That I, I, I'm saying that people call the reptilians. I'm saying that the serpents, the descendants of the serpents. That's what I'm saying because that that is what it is saying. 
Okay, and and not even finish I'm the not... thought. Give me the idea. Okay, the ser- where are the descendants of the serpents then? What are you talking about? Well, the, the, the people. How many? How many freaking videos have have people seen already? Where you got you know, let's just say Mark Zuckerberg, and you see his eyes, and all of a sudden his eyes are changing, and and a lot of the people in power right now, quote unquote, being uh, having like reptilian type of eyes. Yeah, I mean that's we could have like a discussion about that. You know, even Marvel came out with the, with a show. All right, because once again, it I'm is going a back to the culture. Lie. It's a popular conspiracy theory. That's one of the ones where there's a sub race of people, Batillions. But I mean, if you're talking about biblically, you can also look at the fact that the fall. When we get into the next couple chapters, okay, um, we'll see that there is an actual thing in the Bible that talks about the sons of God laying with the daughters of man, having. Yes, but that is a different. That is a different. Is it? That's because a whole it's different the thing. And yes. his angels. Revelation chapter twelve verse nine talks okay. about. It wasn't a for and those that follow them fell. Yes, which and and I'm but they didn't fall because of lust. Room. But but the, those are like I said before. Those are two different fallings. There was one where Satan, the devil, and his followers left because they followed the, the devil and there's another falling of the watchers that that God said watch mankind and those watchers lusted after women be and and, and then decided to create a pact and leave and and that's, start that's their own thing the book of yeah either but, way those say, are two different fallings let me just say this okay when it says that the it's a messianic prophecy it, when it talks about bruising the head crushing the head and bruising the heel the seed of woman, which would be eventually Jesus Christ incarnate, God yes. incarnated into human, yeah. will be will be bru- the bruising, or is his crucifixion at the hands of the Jewish Pharisees and the the Romans, right? Okay. In the form of a physical execution of crucifixion, the Romans theoretically right? being like the serpent. Where is the seed of the serpent or Nakash at this point when it talks about how is it? If that's maybe what about. maybe the scene is you're like looking at, the you can't evil look. of man. That's serpent, what I said. That's the, what I'm the, saying. The Romans. Well, what I was such, saying is the seed of of the serpent. The seed of what it produced was sin, which falls into mankind throughout the generations, and it and it, it goes deeper and deeper. And disobedience then, of God. Disobedience of God, exactly. And that's it's still a literal thing. And then the seed of woman is the the born child. In human form, God yeah. incarnate, that will come eventually. Reptilian. <laughs> that that's why I can't say like when you emphasize seed like as if a physical baby is being yes. born. Okay, and then there, there's a line of now people or whatever creatures from the serpent that is physically at enmity with the son of women. Yeah, what are you talking about? Are you trying to insinuate that there's biblical evidence for a reptilian race that's actually real that we don't know about? Well, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, we obviously see it later on with giants, Nephilim, right? Yeah, but those get those completely wiped off by Noah's yeah, flood. They, and well, stuff. actually, there's still post-flood no. versions of Nephilim, like David and Goliath, and that's his just Goliath. That's... No, there's entire cities. There's King Og. 
like a race of them. Yeah, but they're not giant giants. They're like, you know, giants. It also did show. Uh, it says that whenever the, the the children of Israel come up to Canaan and they said the spies, they come back like, dude, there's There's huge. a really interesting documentary. <laughs> like, yeah, but they're huge. They're, could hey, be like six foot two. They said that they had to, how many people to carry? What vine of grapes? Like, it was kind of a thing. It was there very was, scary. And there was an was interesting documentary that came out recently that one of the guys, uh, there was a team that was excavating around where they think Noah's Ark was. And mm-hmm. they found human bones around there. And they, like, they're, they're looking at like the thumb size and like the, the foot or whatever. And they're saying like, they were Noah and the, and all those people, they were giants. Like they were, they were huge. So imagine Noah the giant. Was huge. Noah was huge. Like humans at that time were bigger than what we are now. We've become smaller. We'll, we'll, when we get that to the movie Prometheus, no, definitely when we get to when we get I to definitely story, recommend no, watching that re- documentary. That was when very. We talk about the sons of Cain and the sons of Seth, and that genealogy. We'll we'll, we'll discuss it more and further because there's a lot that goes into that. For now, we're going to go with this curse being that idea of sin and the seed of man, the son of man. I personally no, I should just want to. I just want to say I I personally don't believe in reptilians. Yeah. At all, like <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and take that standpoint too. I, I mean, I just, I know all the theories about it. Yeah, the reason I don't believe in it is because I'm, I don't know. I know a few very wealthy people that are influential. They're not reptiles. No, I, I see where all. you're coming from, though. I'm not going to say that. You're I'm just for trying to it. point out the facts and put them together. Where yeah. the devil was a serpent, a dragon. He falls from heaven. Who knows how many other uh, uh, beings from heaven fall like that were serpents followed him. And then you have all these like crazy. Cre- I mean, come on, it's Nick, there. Josh, it's Josh, there, and it's biblical. I'm not even like making stuff up. I'm You're trying to telling say you what the devil and a race of reptilians. That's exactly what I'm telling you because it's that's not, what the Bible shows. Because when we go into Revelation, when was the last time you read the Bible? Just what are you talking like about? Daily? <laughs> I read it okay, day. so then if you're reading it, then are you reading everything in the Bible as symbolic? No, you're you're reading it as God's word and as literal. If we're looking at a literal, then yeah, we're also saying it says his day angels. one, day two, day three. It doesn't say the great. He refers to him as the great dragon or yes. the serpent, the deceiver, but also was an angel of light. Okay, and takes on the angel, a very shiny dragon. Yeah, they take on as beings of light, but it also doesn't refer. It also says when you read an adversary, when you meet an adversary later in the Bible, you also see him as uh, actual, ad- like a person. It doesn't say the snake was walking to and fro, but like Job, for example, that's the next time we'll see him relatively soon. Other than well, that that say, goes to the, that goes he, to the other he goes through and four, and he actually goes before the council. We'll, 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 I'm going to stop here because this is. a this is a debated thing. Between, we'll, we'll go more in depth whenever we bring it up with the fallen uh, Nephilim, or the fallen angels and Nephilim and all that. For now, let's just finish it off with the curses. Okay, I'll finish it off. That with we curses. have that was a serpent's curse. Then you have God responding to the woman now after she put the blame onto the serpent with her curse. Nathan, if you want to read. Okay. Um, sorry. From I'm verse still, 16. I'm still like thinking about what Josh I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, it does say the seed. <laughs> like, all right, I'll be reading the part with the with the woman. All right. Um, to the woman, he said, 
I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. That's it for the woman. Well, really. that's the thing. Everybody knows about the pain in childbirth. Yes. Yeah, but not a lot of people talk about the second part of her desire to rule, shall be for her husband, and he shall rule over you. That any an inequity, if you will, or the inequality between there won't be equality. There won't be equality in terms, and that's what if you see throughout history, that's what was pretty much the common thing was. There's the man was over in a lot of cultures. It was almost to an extreme where women were considered second class citizens, and it's something that's unfortunate. And it wasn't the way it was supposed to be. It's a result of a punishment in the in the disobedience of sin. I think Adams was. Uh... Kind of sad, his courage. Yeah, let's go into Adam. Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake, and toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you. And you shall eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Ouch. Like, just that dig of, like, <laughs> your dust, don't forget it. Like, that's that hurts a lot. And Adam finally named the woman Eve right <laughs> after that. You know what, Eve, because you're the mother of all living and you're evil. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, it was like, you're dust. And Adam was like, uh, Eve... <laughs> Does that sound good with you? So to woman, he said, I will greatly. So it's so wild that he, before he na- she was named, he said to woman, so you're, you're speaking to the general context of woman. So to woman, he said those things. And that's uh, basically what is like, you're going to have pain when you're having kids and you're going to, your desire will be. So that's like embedded in them. Now to, 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 um, Adam, he's not talking about uh, a, a, a desire. He's not talking about something that's in them. That's he's talking about um, stuff that's ha- that Adam has to go through. So now he has to work hard. He has to like things will be cursed around him. So whereas he used to like water itself and just go around picking fruit and everything that you want. What I'm trying to want. say is that that curse, like that curse, is. Uh, looking like it's meant for Adam and not all men, but for Adam, where the curse for woman is for woman because her name wasn't there yet. So it's interesting how God laid it out perfectly, the curse being for woman, and then later her name is Eve. Because if he said, Eve, this is your curse, then that's that curse sticks with Eve. So when he's cursing Adam, he's cursing Adam and not all men. You get it? Because... If he was, then um, because there are places on earth that people are farming and things are growing perfectly. It's not thorns and thistles. But I'm I'm imagining Adams for the rest of his life, he's like, dang, um, nothing's growing and it's a hard life. That's why he, he got also kicked them out. No, it does say it will grow. It's just out of the It says in toil you shall eat of it. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely understood yeah. to be for all mankind, not just Adam. It is understood, that but that's not the way it's written. Adam means man, I believe. And like woman was from man. 
So it wasn't. I know she didn't have a name yet, but I do. I do believe the curse isn't just Adam and everybody else, because then it would have just. Uh, no, it, it, God creates man, and then God create God names man Adam, right? That's his name. Yeah, when you're the first of something. That's what that na- that's what that word ends up being. If I create a, a certain uh, uh, thing and then call it something. Well, everything after it is going to be reference to that thing that I created being the first one that I named. Yeah, but the curse is, is definitely meant to follow mankind. I'm going to read it literal, so. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty, like, I mean, I, I don't, I never thought of that, where it was just like, Adam, only you. Will I mean, yeah, because everybody, everybody, it, has, everybody to has to work, and thorns and thistles should bring forth to, yeah, life is... Not everybody has to work. Not everybody has to work. Look at the freaking, look at the millionaires and billionaires out there that don't have to work and they're living freaking like kings and queens. But guess what? Guess what? Women always, whether no matter what, if they're having kids, it's painful and their desire is always over their husband. That's something that's embedded in them. Woman, not Eve, woman. You'll see that there are places where there's specialized curses for people specifically, like actually in the next story when you get the yeah, game. Like this one with Adam. A, a further level of that curse where you specifically will only do this. But I can see where you're coming from when you read it because it does says, and to Adam, you know, the, all the days of your life. And, you know, I yeah, didn't and, heed the voice of his wife. I didn't. Adam, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the, you shall not eat, uh, and, and I command you saying, you shall not eat, curses the ground for your sake. So the, he curses the ground, all right? Curses the ground for your sake. In toil, you should eat all the days of your life and thorns, blah, 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 uh, uh, till you return to the ground. So God doesn't curse Adam. He curses the ground because of Adam. Yeah, but so to woman, um, he curses woman, but to Adam, he doesn't, he's not cursing Adam. He's cursing the, the, the ground. And, and he knows that that's the way Adam eats. So because of that, Adam's going to have to work harder to eat. Uh, there's a verse in Romans that, that talks about as by one man sin entered the world and death by sin to everybody, it passed upon all men that have yes. sinned. So you're talking about like the one man and then the re- repercussions and the, the ramifications of sin. We all have that. I know yeah. you didn't heed your wife, but now that sin entered the world, everybody has that death. Just like that from, you know, nevertheless, death resigned from Adam to Moses, even one over who had not sinned after the multitudes of Adam's transgressions. But just like it was through one man, one man, all sin will be forgiven, right? There's, That's true. So you have to look at it as if even though Adam had been the one that heeded his wife, sin entered to everybody and we're all part of that curse. We all like to we all part of that curse now, because the ground is now farm. cursed. The we ground is farm. now cursed. It doesn't grow on its own. Like it but not to. every man is toiling the ground in sweat and yeah, everything. Yeah, obviously, I mean, but yeah. it's still so a widely known. This is what I was going to say. Yeah, there's millionaires today, but they – that had to come from generations. You know, yeah. It's not – there was somebody in there. You got to read this in context. In their okay? DNA you read that this in did have to work for the money. God's speaking to Adam and he's cursing Adam. And at that time, he cursed the ground, which affects us now. But we're not, we're not going through the stuff that Adam's going through. God's cursing Adam at this point. 
We have to be clear on that. And we all agree on that. He's cursing Adam. Things around it got affected and that affects us. But that curse, it was a generational curse that follows humanity. All of humanity. But he's not saying your generations. I, I can't agree with, I cannot agree with you because it's uh, it's not saying your generations. You see, later in the Bible, it'll talk and it'll, even with Noah and Cain and all them, God's speaking to generations. But with Adam here, he's not speaking to generations, is he? I mean, I, I, I understand the way we all were raised and, and a lot of people were taught a certain thing when they when they are in church and concepts become generalized and normalized that sometimes aren't necessarily completely biblical. It's just that's what somebody uh, assumed and then that assumption gets spread completely and now that is a thing. Just so like are you how trying the apple to say being that you don't have to work? In other words, I'm I'm trying to what? I'm trying to say that you, if you're reading it in the correct context, that the God curses women and he curses Adam. Go farm and grow thorns. You're right. Well, we don't. We but don't. We all do that. have death. But Adam had to go through as that. a result of sin. Yes, lords over us. We all are subject to being that separated death from God. But death was not by, and it says, therefore, by one man's offense. Death resigned by one, much more they will which received an abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, yeah, let's just take away that the curse which we all mankind comes to the generations is sin. Sin is a curse. Death has now entered into the world. The separation between that relationship. I wouldn't say man. death has now entered. Physical death, I think, was uh, was conceptually there because it said till you return to the ground. It wasn't. It wasn't God saying now you uh, uh, now you will be dying. So no, there was no death before the disobedience for mankind. That's not even yeah. Show me where. Okay, when God created man, they could eat of every tree, even yeah. the tree of life. There was no death in that world at that time, and especially in the garden between man. It wasn't Adam was growing older, and then he was going to die, and then but they were still in the garden. Death was a result of the sin of the disobedience of God in eating. Because he said, on that day, you will surely die. There was no death before then. Adam didn't even have a, a conception of what death was up until that point. So death was up in the air? Death wasn't fully realized, just like shame wasn't fully realized, just like disobedience and, and, and a, a disconnect of a relationship with God wasn't fully realized. That's why when they ate, remember we said their eyes were opened? They had only realized what they need to say. The no, good. It, it just doesn't seem like death was part of the curse. It just seems like that was the, it says, till the ground you Josh, return, for Josh. out of it you were taken, uh, for dust you are and dust you shall return. So the whole point is that humanity now has death as a consequence of sin and a separation from the relationship and connection with God. The whole reason that God needed to come into the world as a plan of salvation and to die was because death is the payment for sin. If there was no sin in humanity, there was no need of death. No now you were sure. I agree. I agree on the. I agree on the con. I agree that now God has chosen that we are gonna die. It's not even the God. It's it's a it's a cause and effect. It's what happens. God is a just God. 
creates these rules. He creates, he lives by his whole, he is holy. Yes. And he yes. cannot, and, but he is also merciful. So now we deserve death, but we see that we serve a merciful God that, and this is, let's continue because I want to show you something real quick. Okay. They're cursed. And, and we're going to end the episode here. I know it was a little bit longer of an episode because no, going. a couple things, but um, after he cursed and Adam man, called his wife's name Eve because yes. she was the mother of all living. Continue. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin mm-hmm. and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword, which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Okay. So this is another example of how merciful God we serve. The difference between the fallen angels, Satan and Lucifer, is that where they were in disobedience, they were also kind of immortal beings. They didn't they don't have an end because they it's just how it's created. Yeah. Humanity, the fact that God cut off that road to the tree of life and ex- and exiled them from the garden and created no way for them to come back. Yes. Was Amazing because by that they can die and through the generations when he brings about his son to be born, he can fulfill his plan to be a perfect sacrifice to pay that payment of sin. Yeah. But it is because death is now there. I agree. Whereas before they weren't going to die. Before I, I was just saying that before it was up in the air. I think before now, I mean, it's when fair. God said, I get it. "Now I, you will surely die." Like, I don't want to ever. I don't ever want to make it seem like I'm trying to like be like, "No, that's the, because I mean, there's it's definitely to be discussed." I mean, somebody could read that and see that that way. I think it's important to distinguish. No matter what, we're no matter what the way we're reading. Basically, part of the curse, God has now decided that man is going to die. Well, yeah, the moment that they that's eat of that tree, they will die. That death is there spiritually, and now their years will be. Well, maybe, sure. maybe, maybe because they ate from that tree that now that has made up God's mind being like, okay, now they have to die. Like there's no way around this. They have to think die. It, I don't think it made up his mind because again, he knew they were going to eat of it. Like why even? Nathan? Josh, you're playing a very dangerous game here. I'm just playing. <laughs> I mean, it's look, I get what Josh is saying. Was there death before the fall? That's what he's saying, essentially. Was there the death before the fall? No. E, Andrew says no. Josh says maybe. But um, there was only there was no death because there was no other. I mean, well, here's another question: Were there other people other than? I mean, how much time did they spend in the garden? Let's just say that they were the only two. Okay, let's just okay. let's just stick go. with that. So then, in that argument, no, there wasn't because it was only two. Nobody had died yet. Well, people, but if God's bringing up the concept of death, then He knows the concept of death. So then, also, not only Him knowing the concept of death, the the serpents know the concept of death. So death must have been 
a thing already. God just knows humans didn't know every, about it. God knows the concept of everything. That's but the also, thing. yeah, of course, humans. Mu- Adam and Eve must have known the concept of death as well because they were also afraid to take of the fruit because God told them, "You will surely die." Now they gotta have There's, to sit down with them and be like, "Okay, this is what death means." Now, if you eat from it, I'm gonna have to explain to you what death means because you don't know what death means. That you're not gonna be here anymore. You're just gonna disappear. There's one thing to think about the concept of something and then to experience it as a reality. Yeah. Like you, there's some things that you'll never be able to fully understand unless you experience it. Yeah. Being told about what it's like to die and then dying, I'm sure is two very different things. I've never died. Like whenever Belle was told that there's a beast, but then when she actually met the beast. Are you talking about beauty and the beast? <laughs> I'm trying to guide the conversation there for a reason. Okay. Hello. Good morning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What? I was was that your attempt at bonjour? Bonjour. Good day. <laughs> oh, yes. God. Yeah. Yes. A lot of really deep things there. A lot of really interesting. I like to read. Definitely. I'm... <laughs> I'm excited to see the emails uh, from from this com- these conversations. Well, but Josh, let's continue. To, to reiterate, reptilians and no death. Like, just <laughs> no, no reptilians and death. No, no. And, and oh, and death. Wow. I didn't necessarily say that there was death. There, just that God, the concept of death wasn't. Yeah, the concept of death existed because he used it as the. The penalty yes, for exactly. disobeying the one commandment. Yeah, I agree. But, but it doesn't. They didn't die. They didn't die. Obviously, when they ate the tree, they didn't die. But the concept of death, God made up right when they ate the tree. God made up His mind. Now they have to die. It's not even God. I mean, He made up His mind before disobey sin. Sin. The penalty of sin is. Death. It's not like God was okay. They did it. You know what? Now I decide. Isn't that saying the Bible's elsewhere that the penalty of sin is death? That's where I just got that from. That's the verse. It's the first, dude. It's the it penalty of sin in the Bible. It's like if you sin, and the same thing with the curse. Because one man cursed or disobeyed, all men have experienced death. Yes. Just like through one man, all men, and the grace of one man. And it's one thing to know about a concept. It's another to actually experience it. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to have Josh experience. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it. All right. So you could say, honestly, you could say that no one's slick as Gaston. No one's quick as Gaston. No one's neck as incredibly thick as Gaston. But until you actually meet Gaston, you just those are concepts to you, man. <laughs> there's a there's a restaurant uh called Gaston's. Uh, I forgot where it was. All right, guys. Well that wraps up. No, it doesn't we're wrap up. up. Yeah, it, what else do you have to say? <laughs> and the guy named it for also uh and then he made so Adam um also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them, and then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us. We have not hit that part. God talking and saying, hey, he he became like one of us. And he knows good and evil. Now, lest he put out his hand and also take the tree of life and eat and live forever. Mm-hmm. Therefore, God, the Lord, sent them out of the Garden of Eden. Yeah, that's what I just the said. Ground. I sent them out so that he could enact and fulfill his plan to save this very silly 
misguided and now sinful creation that he, he loves placed so the much. cherubim at the Easter garden with the flaming That's sword cool. turned every other way to guard the tree of life. Cherubims are, we're just going to glance over the fact that there's these incredible angelic beings that have spire swords of circles guarding a place that also stay at the throne of God. If you read a revelation, cherubims are there, different heads of different animals. It's, it's quite the imagery. And it's really, really interesting. Even if you find the tree of life, you now you have to find a way to get in. Like you, you find have to the way to the tree of life. You got Indiana fight. Jones type of style. Yeah, you got to fight an uh, angel with a fire sword. It's easy to see the directions. cookie jar. Every it's direction. hard to get to the cookie jar. I mean, that's for there's a man. There's no man in town half as manly. Perfect, a pure paragon. Gosh, leave Gaston alone, man. You can ask any Tom, Dick, or Stanley if they'll tell you whose team they prefer to be on. Oh, God. All right, let's get to the, like, what you get. So, (laughs) what you get from the episode. (laughs) (laughs) That, That wraps up the story of the creation of man and woman and the fall into temptation and sin. What do you think the greater meaning is when you read the story, Nathan? I know this is kind of, and it's going to be a downer. It's going to be tough to get through because it is cursing and sin and and destruction. But I don't want you guys to overlook the silver lining, if you will, or the amazing grace that is the love of God for his creation. And the fact that he doesn't give us what we, because that's what mercy is, right? If you look at what's the saying, there's what just what's justice? Just us. Just justice is when you get what you deserve. You broke the law, you get the penalty, death. Mercy is when you're not given what you deserve, right? You broke the law, you're not gonna die. But yeah. grace is when you're given something in spite of having broken the law. You're given the gift by this amazing grace that is God's love. He thought, saw us and he knew we were going to fall, but he loved us so much and loved and cherished that relationship with us so much that he's like, they're going to fall, but I love them anyway. And I'm going to allow what happens to happen because for my greater glory, this creation that's going to turn to me, the ones that turn to me, you know, I'm going to give my life and they're going to worship me. So that's, that, I mean, I guess that's just go ahead and just say that's, that's my that's, that's the greater meaning that I see in the story of the fall. Where yes, it's it's the story of the whole. I mean, that's where you kind of start the Bible off. Man's depravity and need for the salvation of God. That's the greater meaning, according to Andrew. What about you, Josh? Man, we start out with alien. God, we start out I'm with sorry. God telling us how He did everything to. Uh, very descriptive point of view. And then man, woman, being in the garden, living amazing lives, getting tricked by the serpent. And then the serpent, uh, then we see all these other concepts obviously come in. And I think it's kind of hard to come after that, Andrew. Like you, you kind of hit it on the, on the T. I, I don't well, know. I usually don't like to go first. I just I was You've gone to... first every time. No, I last time I, I went, went second. Oh, okay. every time. The two times we've done it up until now. 
Yeah, you you have God showing his how how amazing his decisions were, and that man fell. God gives God gives us the ability to 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 try to come back. God saving us. Not only is he saving us, but he's also equipping us. So he sees that man is naked and he clothed man. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve tried to clothe themselves and out of plants. And God's like, you know what? Before I kick you out, let me let me actually clothe you the right way. And and kind of gave them a head start before he he threw them out of the garden to fend for themselves. So you yeah you see God's grace in all this and you see His love uh, constantly through through all the hardships they go through and He's always kind of giving them um, like the the cheat codes to to try to get through it all and uh, yeah uh, the the serpents are uh, are liars and are trying to come <laughs> after you not only are they liars it's just they're telling you the truth but in a deceptive way that's yeah. Deception. They're deceiving, mm-hmm. very deceiving, because God, Adam and Eve, thinking that when they eat, that it'll be a quick, like, like boom, they're dead. But the devil obviously probably knew what that tree was. It seemed like he did, unless he was curious on what it was, too, uh, and doing exactly what Adam probably was doing by using Eve as a scapegoat and being like, I want to kind of see, will they actually die? And if they didn't, um, then he kind of knows somewhat of what the game plan is. You kind of get what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's the greater meaning according to you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the That's greater a lot. Meaning, we, yeah. covered a, we covered a lot. I get it. We, figure out, the, we figure out the plan and that's the plan. So, <laughs> so I'll say the greater meaning to me I'm just going to kind of repeat what we did this episode two other times ago. Um, when I read the story of the fall, uh, the thing that sticks out to me is I think that I fall on a daily basis before the Lord, right? I'm always failing. I'm always falling. And I always, and a lot of people, whenever they fall or fail or anything like that, they have a sense that they're kind of, they want to hide from God. You know, you, you, you kind of, you're hesitant to go to church because you messed up again, or you're hesitant to pray because, ah, I'm just, I'm too deep in my own sin, right? Or I'm too deep. And it's just interesting because in the very beginning, the first sin that mankind actually did, the only thing God said is, where are you? Right? He called for them. Where are you? God didn't say, hey, man, you words i'm gonna smite thee god just really wanted to be near adam and eve and he said a very very sweet where are you heard your voice in the garden i was afraid because i was naked and i hid myself or like i like to say god i hear you calling me but i'm scared because i've sinned again so i kind of want to stay away from you and god said who told you that you were naked I like to think of it as saying, God says to me, whenever I mess up, Nathan, you know, who told you that you have to be scared of me? I know that you failed. But at the end of the day, all I want is a relationship with you. And what this story 
whenever I read this this story, it, it lets me know that God always wants the best for you. Out of everything in this world and your interactions in life, God always wants the best thing for you. And yeah, there's going to be consequences sometimes for the actions that you take, and you're going to have to deal with those consequences. But God is always going to give you a grace, a salvation, a way to overcome whatever you're going through. And this story is basically the beginning of the most beautiful story, which is Jesus Christ. It's a, it's like a foreshadowing of Christ coming into the world, right? It's man's fall, but God already had a plan for man to come back, you know, for man's redemption through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's the greater meaning to me is that no matter how many times you fall, God always just wants to ask you, where are you? And hopefully, reading this, you could say, God, I'm here. Please forgive me and help me get back to where I need to be. Yeah, that was really that was beautiful deep. and inspiring. <laughs> that was Thank deep. you, Nathan. That was... Thank you. <laughs> Why are y'all thanking me? I'm still thinking. Y'all should be starting. <laughs> y'all should be thanking God. Well, I mean, if you guys want to go about no, I mean, no, 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 no one just... shoots like Gaston. Makes no, those no, boots no, like no, Gaston. No, 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 no. Then goes tromping around wearing boots like Gaston. No, no, well, everybody, thank you for another another great episode. This, thank you for being with us. This one was a freaking banger. I'm not. I loved it. I loved it. This one was yeah. We covered a lot of material. Um, I don't know. We're going to split this one up into two parts or we'll just release it as one. No, nah, this will be but... one part because the next okay, one's going to be boom. Oh, we're going to get right back into the fun next week with the <laughs> the first murder. Yeah. Yes. But the next unfortunately, episode. man doesn't just like use this as an opportunity to be like, you know what? Let's be awesome now. Uh, unfortunately, it does get a little bit in there, but we're going to continue to see this amazing story of the Bible. Um, as always, thank you. If you love what you hear and you want to support us, remember to give us that five-star review on any platform you're listening to, uh, like, and follow, turn on those notifications and, you know, tell your friends about us. And again, if you have something that, you know, what was a greater meaning to you when you read the story of the fall, when you read the first couple chapters of Genesis, you know, what, what are some questions? Maybe what are some things that, you know, we missed out on share it with us at greater meaning podcast at gmail.com. That's greater meaning podcast at gmail.com. The link will be below. Yeah, there'll be a link below and just, you know, God bless y'all. Thank you for listening. Can't wait to see you guys on the next one. God bless you guys. We're signing off. No one hits like Gaston matches wits like Gaston. (laughs) All right. Bye. In a spitting match, nobody spits like Gaston. Gaston.